What's up, you guys? Jeremy here, breaking down the Minnesota United nil-nil draw at FC Dallas. Thank you so much for tuning in. As you're trickling into the stream, go ahead and leave a question, comment, overall takeaway from tonight's scoreless draw. Um, you're going to have to go to YouTube, though, if you do want to ask a question or leave a comment on the stream. Uh, Twitter's new live stream service, they uh, have some issues with the comments actually getting through. Uh, on the stream here. So uh, if you could leave a question or comment, you got to go to YouTube to do that. You're also just free to uh, watch and take in post loons on Twitter as well. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching on Twitter, please like and retweet if you could. But yes, it's a nil-nil scoreless draw for Minnesota United in Dallas. Uh, my first question for you guys watching is what do you think of the draw? Are you happy with it? Are you happy with the road points? Or should this be something that is seen as a disappointment, as something you're coming in against a struggling FC Dallas team, just fired their head coach a couple weeks ago, missing a uh, missing one of their big-time players, and you only end up with a nil-nil scoreless draw, don't end up with any goals. Is that more disappointing, or are you okay coming away with the scoreless draw? Um I want to see those questions on those comments roll in. Um, I'll get to my three things in just a second. But first, of course, got to let you know, Post Loons proudly presented by our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. I'll tell you more about them in just a little bit. A lot of questions and comments rolling in. So if you want to get yours read, go to youtube.com slash 10K Pitches and do just that. Christopher Alphabet says, I didn't watch until the last 20, so so don't have many overall thoughts. But Adrian, who – but uh, – at its Unu, out of all people, Fernando freaking Adi. Um, I'm guessing that uh, you're not happy with the decision to go with Adi over Adrian Unu, if I'm uh, if I'm translating that correctly. Um, yeah, so we've talked the last few weeks about how, you know, when it comes to the starting 11, maybe Adrian Unu is not the right fit right now with the way Lud, Fragapane, Finley, and Reynoso are playing together. But that doesn't mean... Adrian Heath and Kosher just forget that this guy exists, right? I mean, he's a DP striker. He is a great asset off the bench if you utilize him. So if there's not something more there, if there's not, you know, a, an injury that's keeping him out, but, you know, not bad enough to keep him off the team sheet completely. Um, if there's some other issues going on that we're not aware of, um, if there's none of that, it's very, very baffling to me that we are not seeing Adrian Nunu um, in a more prominent role. Again, does not mean he has to start, but I think we should be seeing him in a more prominent role for sure. Uh, Chris Alphaby says, also should have been a P PK at the end for old being tripped. Um, yeah, um, there were a, a couple of weird calls, a couple trips to VAR in this one uh, that we will get to in just a little bit. Uh, Dave Valensky says, that was not a red card. Now we are effed. Yes, uh, Dave, absolutely. That, that red card, if you're not aware, that red card not only has implications for the last few minutes of this match, it has serious implications for next weekend's match at Colorado. Colorado, currently third in the Western Conference, one of the best teams in MLS in general. And now you are going into that match without your best playmaker. Not only that, you're already missing Michael Boxall, Roman Metnair, you're missing Robin Lud, you're missing Juka Raitala. So you're missing three starters already due to international duty. 
for that match next weekend. Now you're missing Emmanuel Reynoso. You are very, very hamstrung now, heading into one of, if not the biggest match of the year. And that really, really sucks. Um, with that being said, I fully anticipate there will be an appeal on this. And again, not a lot of these get reversed on appeal, obviously. But I do think Minnesota United has a major, major argument in their favor for overturning this. We will get to it in more detail in a, as we go through the game notes. But it did not look to me like the intent was there to uh, step on uh, the ankle of the FC Dallas player. It, it seemed like more of uh, he was you know, wrong place, wrong time. He was trying to step through and get the ball, ended up on the ankle. I mean, it's definitely card worthy. Whether or not the intent is there or not, that's a really, really bad foul. I, that is definitely card worthy, yellow card for sure. But red, that's that's a serious, serious thing, right? Red card should not just be given out. There's There's reasons why a red card is really saved for specific instances of, of, you know, a really, really bad challenge, intent to harm, you know, blows to the head, thing, things like that, because they have ramifications that extend far beyond that particular match. So I do not agree with the red card there. I do think Minnesota United have an argument. Does that mean that it's going to get overturned? They're going to win an appeal, and Reynosa is going to be there next weekend. Not by not by any means. Uh, this will be um, something to look for during the week. Obviously, um, whether the the appeal gets heard and uh, whether or not it gets overturned. But um, I do think they have an argument, a better argument than most. So we'll see what happens. Dave Stevens says could not have been down early by multiple goals and had so many late chances. Um, oh, here we go. Sorry, this is the first one, Dave. It's disappointing only because of the fact they could have been down early by multiple goals and had so many late chances. Yeah, I mean, to come away with a nil-nil draw with the chances you have, that's just disappointing in and of itself, right? Um, you really if, – if you go on the road against a team like FC Dallas and you keep a clean sheet, you expect to come out of there with three points. If somebody tells you, fortune teller, someone from the future, travels back to the past and tells you, hey – Minnesota United is going to go into FC Dallas and they're not going to give up a goal. You're saying three points in the bag for sure, especially where this offense has been rolling lately. Not the case tonight. And we will get to that actually right now in my three things. As I go through my three things, guys, if you have not left a question or comment on the stream, please do. If you're just now tuning in, unfortunately, any comments that happen on Twitter um, don't come through to me here on the uh, on the platform. Form I use because Twitter has a new live streaming thing and some of the connections aren't quite there yet with the StreamYard platform I'm using. So um, if you want to leave a question or comment, you're going to have to do that on YouTube. If you are leaving them on Twitter, um, I will try to revert back later and answer those in, in written reply form if I can. But if you want an answer on the stream, feel free to go to YouTube uh, and look up post loons. So let's get into my three things. My first thing is slow start when a fast one was needed. I was really disappointed by, by the effort and the the lack of urgency in the early going, to be honest. I mean, this is essentially, this is a big opportunity for you to fight for that top four spot to solidify your playoff standing on the road against a struggling team. Go for the jugular right off the opening kick, man. 
Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why that urgency wasn't there. I don't understand why there was such a slow start. Um, obviously, FC Dallas wasn't going to give you anything. But at the same time, I do think that there is something to be said for Minnesota United is a much better team than FC Dallas. If they put forth their best efforts and their best quality off the front, off the top, there's no reason why you shouldn't see them go up a goal in the first 10 or 15 minutes like they have the last few last couple matches or a few times in the last three weeks. Did they have the opportunity to really, really get three big points tonight and a fast start could have really set the tone as we've seen them do in the past. But tonight that just wasn't there for some reason. And that was really disappointing to me. Um, my second thing, Tyler freaking Miller again. What can, what more can be said about Tyler Miller at this point? Like it, it, he has been so incredible this year for a guy who wasn't even the starter coming into the season, wasn't even seen as somebody who would be in consideration to start nothing against him. But after he went down with the hip surgery last year, Dane St. Clair came in and played lights out. So there was no reason to come in thinking that, that, you know, Tyler Miller was going to, you know, start, you know, in more than a, a few matches this season, but Dane St. Clair makes that one mistake, opens the door for Tyler Miller and Tyler Miller has taken full advantage of that opportunity. He continues to be such a quality goalkeeper. Um, I believe he is uh, top three still in goals against average, total saves. So he is, um, he, he's really, I mean, I think he was one of the top five or six goalkeepers in MLS before Minnesota United got him, but he was sort of outshined by LAFC's attack, the, the goals they scored, you know, the, the Carlos Vela, you know, um, type flashy attacking play that LAFC had garnered during that season, um, during their supporter shield run you know, the goalkeeper kind of gets overshadowed in that sort of scenario, right? Um, so a quality get after that season with LAFC, and he has been been really good for Minnesota United, uh, especially this season. That's an understatement. But, again, standing on his head with a few really, really good saves tonight. We'll get into the specifics of those as we get into the game notes here. But definitely have to shout out Tyler Miller again. And my final thing, VAR giveth and taketh away. Um, VAR disallowed a, uh, FC Dallas goal, obviously, um, Hollingshead for FC Dallas, the ball was cleared right back to him. Um, and he had his arms in. So this is, this is the, the weird part of this where I agree and disagree. Um, there is a rule that says, even if your hand is not, is, is in a, uh, proper position, um, or a normal position, I can't think of the, the proper word, but um, even if your hand is, is sort of in a position where you're trying to, in a natural position, there you go. Even if your arms are in a natural position, if a deflection off of your arm directly leads to a goal, the handball has to be called. That's the rule. So even though Hollingshead's arm was not in an unnatural position, he was actually in on his chest trying to keep it in a natural position, um, it, it, the deflection went off of his arm to his foot back in the net. That's where that was called. And that's where VAR disallowed the goal. So, but at the same time, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the rule because, um, it's just, it seems super duper unfortunate, but at the same time, uh, it was a good call despite what I said on Twitter, it was a good call. Um, and one that was obviously fortunate for Minnesota United, but VAR taketh away as they taketh away Emmanuel Reynoso. Uh, with the red card. 
um, for the um, the cleat to the ankle, which was again not intentional, but it happened. Probably card worthy. I don't think it's worthy of a send off, but here we are with Reynoso missing next week's match against Colorado. Um, let's see. Let's got a few more uh, questions rolling into the chat here. Uh, Dave Walensky says, well, if you like goaltending, it was a good game. Absolutely. Quality goaltending on both sides. And we'll get into the impact Felipe had on the FC Dallas side in a minute. But holy cow, um, what a uh, what a performance from both goalkeepers. Not just Tyler Miller, but Felipe had a great match as well. Um, Gortz, tuning into the stream. Thanks, Gortz. He says, uh, Tyler for comeback player of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not super tuned in to what's going on out east or even a lot of what's going on in the west the rest of the western conference so i don't know from a league-wide standpoint if i'm super knowledgeable enough on this to make a a, a determination right here right now that tyler miller's comeback player of the year but you would be hard pressed i think to find as worthy of a candidate as tyler miller at this point coming back from hip surgery i think he's come back better than he was previous to that um he has been excellent um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got my vote. That's for sure. Comeback player of the year. Uh, if you got any more questions, guys, feel free to drop them into the chat as I give a shout out to our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Let me pull up the banner here. Yes. So, Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, located in Northeast Minneapolis, 801 South Ninth Street, conveniently located there. If, if you're on the East Burbs like me, you're not going all the way into the city. Um, if you're in the Metro, super easy to get to, um, indoor five aside soccer available now and a coffee shop that'll be opening soon. So let's, let's compartmentalize those two things. Indoor five aside soccer, indoor soccer space in the winter. If, if you know anything about trying to find indoor soccer space in the winter, it is a pain in the ass and it is a huge hit to your wallet, Right. Not at Night Street. Um, you can play five-a-side pickup matches, or you can reserve and book a field for yourself. You're, you know, if you're throwing a party, uh, if you have a team who wants indoor soccer space, you can uh, utilize that space at Night Street Soccer and Coffee to do so. And get ahead of that fall and winter rush, man. Start booking your field times now because it is going to fill up, uh, as you know, that space. It's, it's a hot commodity in the winter, that indoor soccer space so start booking now if you think you your team you got a birthday coming up christmas coming up whatever you want to throw some sort of party at ninth street um get those bookings in now ninthstreetmpls.com ninth street is also opening up fall and winter pickup times as well so they're going to be increasing their pickup times for the fall and the winter uh six days a week there's going to be pickup including multiple two-hour pickup nights so a normal pickup session is one hour but they're going to have multiple nights where you can play two-hour pickup. There's also going to be women's only pickup on Thursdays and 40-plus pickup on Fridays. And those are new. The women's only and the 40-plus pickup are new at Ninth Street. Um, so a lot of great things happening there. You can follow Ninth Street on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ninth Street MPLS to find out all about them, follow them, stay up to date with what's going on. You can also go there to find out how to sign up for pickup um or you can learn more again the website's down there ninthstreetmpls.com n-i-n-t-h-s-t-r-e-e-t-m-p-l-s.com 
Um, you see $35 unlimited pickup here on the screen. This is a great way to support a business who supports local soccer. Um, so find ways to support them. Go out, check them out, buy a pickup membership, reserve a pickup time, book a field time for you and your friends or your team. Um, this is a great business. Derek, Derek and the guys at Night Street are awesome. They're good, good friends of us, proud supporters of us, and we are proud to support them by getting the word out. So again, 801 South Night Street in Minneapolis, nightstreetmpls.com to learn more about Night Street Soccer and Coffee. All right. I think we got another comment in the chat here. Chris Alphabet says, how many times have you come in here and said that this team didn't take the opportunity in front of them? It's becoming a real problem. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's what I said at the beginning, right? And uh, it kind of seems like uh, it seems like a, a roller coaster, right? I mean, you, you have games and stretches where this team looks really good, and then you have other stretches where it's like, man, how did they not take advantage of that opportunity? Uh, this FC Dallas side to me was ripe for the picking tonight. Um, so I agree with you, Chris, there. It's 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 becoming a kind of a reoccurring theme, but let's get into the game notes here. Uh, first half, second minute, Dallas is Brandon Savania fires a shot from distance, but Tyler Miller makes a great outstretched save to keep the thing scoreless early. This was sort of just the tone setter for the night that Tyler Miller was going to have. But in the second minute, kind of like I said, the slow start, it's Dallas with the early opportunity there right off the opening kick. Um, first real chance for the loons in the 14th minute as Lodnoso, I'm going to coin that term, Lodnoso, Robin Lode, Amanda Reynoso, make their presence felt as Lone finds Reynoso in the box. Um, Ray turns, sends a weak shot at all of it. Uh, it's right at Felipe. Uh, 15th minute, probably should have been 1-0 Dallas after this. Ryan Hollingshead gets in behind the loons' defense. He's stricken towards goal, as is Jader O'Brien. Instead of sending it across the box to a wide-open O'Brien for an easy tap-in. Hollingshead goes for it himself, takes a uh, takes a shot. Now, it's still not a bad shot, but it is at a tighter angle. Like, if, if he just sends an easy pass across to O'Brien, it's a tap-in and it's 1-0 Dallas. But fortunately for the Loons, Hollingshead goes for the glory himself, sends it wide of goal. Um, and it, things stay scoreless in the 15th minute. Uh, 22nd, Robin Lud tries his luck from around 25 yards out. It's a really good shot, but just, just over the crossbar. Uh, 27th, Tyler Miller again called into action as Jesus Ferreira gets a great look at goal from outside the 18, but the Loon's goalkeeper dives to his right to make the stop. Uh, 36th, Reynoso, always dangerous on set pieces, hits the base of the post off a free kick. Um, Really kind of cheeky free kick here from Reno. So he he sort of finds uh, finds an open space um, around the wall um, in the near bottom corner. Um, almost sneaks it in. It goes off the post. Uh, based off the angle, I wasn't sure if Felipe had it covered or not. Uh, but in any case, almost uh, almost another goal for free kick for Reynoso, but it does go off the post. 42nd, a late first half flurry from Dallas. This uh, this was not the way you want to go into halftime if you're Minnesota United. But luckily, Tyler Miller ups to the task once again, comes off his line multiple times to clear the danger. And we hit halftime scoreless. In the second half, by far the best chance of the night for Minnesota United in the 55th up to that point. Tabasi sends in a deep cross which ends up at the foot of Reynoso, 
but he's not quite his body's not positioned quite good enough to actually take it on the inside of his foot. He has to kind of flick it with the outside. He does put it on goal, but Felipe just again kind of kind of a, a microcosm of the night he had in goal, uh, able to somehow cover the ground, get across goal, and make the diving save. Now in the 59th, this is obviously one of the biggest talking points. We thought it was a goal for Dallas, but LOL JK. Uh, Ricardo Pepe wins the ball before uh, ball from Finley at midfield. Just a great, great turnover there, or a great force turnover there from Pepe. He starts the break. Low cross comes in from the right. Boxall attempts to clear, but it's right at Hollingshead, and he kind of blocks the clearance, puts it away, and we thought it was to give the host the lead, but VAR takes a look, determines Hollingshead used his forearm to stop the clearance. Um, and, you know, obviously went right down to his foot, ball goes in the goal. It completely, it, 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 it definitely the, the play off the elbow definitely directly contributed to the goal. So whether or not it was a natural position, doesn't matter in that scenario. It directly, uh, led to the goal. So it was a good call to call the handball. You don't have to like the rule, but it was a good call, um, based off the rule. 65th minute, Dallas much on the front foot at this point. And this is another sort of kind of reiterating the disappointment. This, this Dallas is, is sitting 10 points back in Minnesota United. They were on 27 points coming into this. They're 10th in the West. Now they don't they they could make a run and make a push for the playoffs, but but realistically, they're on the outside looking in. They just fired their coach. This is a team that's ripe for the picking, but they were on the front foot for a large portion of this match. And so in the post-game show, when you hear Cal and Kendra talking to Adrian Heath and they're saying, yeah, good point on the road, good point on the road, I I, I flat out don't agree with that. I, I'm, I'm kind of, at this point, when you're at the position Minnesota United are in, a draw against the 10th team in the West, whether it's on, at home or on the road, to me, that is not good. It's not good enough. You have to gather three points while you can because your schedule from here on out is not very favorable. I mean, that match against Colorado next week is just the start of, I'm not going to call it a brutal run, but they don't have a cake schedule the rest of the way. No, it's again, uh, to me, it's a missed opportunity, not necessarily a good point. Um, And seeing the 65th minute where, you know, Dallas is the one on the front foot an hour in, that to me, is just sort of it's a red flag. Um, back to what happened here. Ode gets a good look on the turn right in front of net, but it's saved beautifully. Fragapane denied on the follow up. How I don't know, but it was just a goalkeeping night all around for both Felipe and Miller, and things stay scoreless in the seventy third, seventy fourth. I mean Reynoso at this point, uh, he's just. He, he, he draws the, the straw. He gets the opportunity to get denied by Felipe, and that's what happens in the 74th. Uh, 76th, Hansen on for Fragapane. 85th, the two subs, Hansen and Adi, almost connect for a goal. As Hansen sends a cross in, Adi's able to get his head to it, but not enough to direct it anywhere. Um, Nico Hansen brought a lot of good energy and good quality play in his, uh, in his short stint. And they're going to need it. They're going to need all hands on deck next weekend against Colorado. That's for sure. Um, 86 minute, another big chance for the loons. And this was kind of their last gasp. Uh, load has it on a plate inside the top of the 18, but, and he sends a really good hard shot in, but he doesn't get it to either side. Uh, Felipe is able to reach high enough to push it over, push it over the bar. 
Um, if if Lowen is able to pick out a side, uh, I think that's in the back of the net, and Minnesota United probably probably comes out with a win. Uh, 89th, Reynoso receives the red card for stepping on the ankle of Shun. Um, again, wasn't at all intentional, but the ref sends him off anyways, and he will miss the Colorado match. Minnesota United already without Lewin, Metinair, Boxall, and Raitala for that match. We already know that. Um, just just a, just a big, big decision there from the official to send Reynoso off. Uh, 90 plus four, Loon spring a three on two counterattack as Hansen finds Lode at the top of the box. Um, Lode tries to go one on one to work his way to a shot, but great one on one defending. I'm not sure who exactly the defender was in this scenario, but as we know, Robin Lode is not the easiest guy in the league to defend one on one, right? And uh, he's just unable to kind of get past the defender, uh, leads to a Dallas free kick. That chance stifled, and that is where we end things nil nil in Dallas. Um, if you have any questions, more questions or comments, guys, leave them in the stream. Um, my big sort of overall general thoughts, aside from what I've already said, is this gives you more work to do. I was listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast, uh, uh, Steve McPherson and Kendra de St. Aubin, and a good point was made that, yeah, Minnesota United has been good on the on the at home but you don't want to increase the pressure to get points at home by not getting them on the road. If you don't get points on the road, that just makes those home matches that turns up the pressure for those home matches. You're now strictly basically relying on home matches to get, get points. If you can't get a point at Dallas, the 10th team in the West, who are you going to, or if you, excuse me, excuse me, if you can't get three points on the road, then it really, really increases the pressure and stretches you and, and really makes it uh, a lot more difficult to expect or um, take anything less than three points at home. So yeah, a point on the road in a vacuum, that sounds good. But if you can't go on the road and get three points in Dallas with a full strength team, basically, you're missing Hassani Dotson, you're missing Jan Gregish, but for the most part, you had your full starting eleven. If you can't go on the road in Dallas and get three points, can you, can you really expect to go to LAFC in the playoffs and get a win? LA Galaxy in the playoffs and get a win? I don't, right? Real Salt Lake, go there and get a win? That to me was why tonight was most disappointing, is, is you had a real opportunity, whether it's on the road or at home. I mean – Three points is three points. To me, it's no different than going into Houston and getting three points. Like, you expect it. Today, tonight, it should have been expected that Minnesota United, with that lineup, go into Dallas and get three points. And get three points. I don't want to set a super high, unattainable bar. But with this lineup, 2-0, 3-1, like that to me is is not out of the question. So to come out nil-nil. Yes, Felipe had a great game in goal. But you could have done more if you're Minnesota United. You could have been more consistent in the attack. You could have created more chances, more quality chances, like we've seen over the last few weeks, and you did not do that tonight. And that uh, is is why kind of the disappointment factor is there. Guys, I'm going to stick around for a couple more minutes. So if you have any more questions, head over to our YouTube and leave those questions. If you're leaving them on Twitter, I apologize. Um, I, my StreamYard platform I use 
um, since YouTube switch or excuse me, since Twitter switched from Periscope to Twitter uh, for live streaming, they don't live stream via Periscope anymore. They do a direct from Twitter. Um, I'm not seeing the comments on my end from Twitter. Um, so if you do want to leave a question and have it read on the air or leave a comment and have it read on the air, we're going to have to go to YouTube to do that. So I'll give you guys a few minutes if you want to leave any more questions. But what's on tap is six more matches during October. This is sort of the um, – this is the where the men separate themselves from the boys kind of stretch here from Minnesota United. And that's another reason why getting three points here was so crucial because you are going to be without four starters at home against Colorado on Sunday. Next Sunday, not tomorrow, next Sunday. The following Saturday, then, you are at Austin. And then it's one, two, three, four, five matches in 15 days. That's not a good stretch. Austin, Philly, LAFC, Vancouver, and Kansas City in that five-game stretch. When I talk about things not getting easier, that's what I mean. Austin, yeah, they're at the bottom of the West, but going into Austin, a team that's already beat you at Allianz Field this season, that's not easy at all. If you can't get three points in Dallas, who knows what you're going to get in Austin. At home against Philadelphia Union, at home against LAFC, at home against Sporting Kansas City, those are those are going to be tough matches. I mean, at Vancouver, Vancouver is kind of in the playoff hunt right now. They're going to be having a lot to play for probably at this point. So that's why you need to gather ye points while ye may. And they did not do that tonight. I've kind of said the same thing in a million different ways on the stream, but that to me is why I'm so disappointed. Um, Chris Alphabet has one more comment and then we'll get out of here. Uh, need to see more from Heath for me personally. The players can't be the only problem. Yeah, it's, you know, for me, um, I, I, I sort of agree with you, Chris, in terms of we talked about the lack of Adrian who knew. We talk about you know needing to to rotate in certain cases um, and and not doing that. Uh, we talk about tactically. I think the setup against DC United directly resulted into the loss at DC United. The three three or whatever it was just did not go well. Um, and I think a three four three could be beneficial for Minnesota United, but not when you're just pulling it out three-fourths of the way through the season when it's, you know, not something that players have have played in at all during the season, right? That was a little bit of a questionable decision to me. Uh, so, yeah, there are some cases where you can point to uh, personnel decisions, you know, coaching decisions and say, uh, you know, what's going on here? You know, why is this being done? You know, probably need to see more. 100%. I'm not – Hashtag Heath out. I'm not hashtag Heath all the way in. I'll, I'll, you know, criticize when necessary and I'll praise when necessary. I'll say in the long run, Minnesota United have done everything of the first three, four years that Adrian Heath and, and the front office have said they would do. But now that comes with the expectations. The expectations are with this lineup, you go into FC Dallas and you get three points when you need them. That's the expectations, 
right now. And you fell short of those tonight. And it makes things a lot more difficult the rest of the way if you want to get in the playoffs. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the questions, the comments, the views, the likes, the retweets, the thumbs ups. We appreciate it. If you could on the way out, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't left us a thumbs up, please do so. Uh, Go ahead and hit the like and retweet button on Twitter if you're watching there. Uh, We will be back next Sunday for a 3 p.m. kickoff. If you didn't get the news, was supposed to be 4 p.m. on Sunday against Colorado. That has been moved back to 3 p.m. or excuse me, moved up to 3 p.m. Um, I'm coming back from Des Moines from a wedding that day, so I'm going to have to come back even earlier. Thanks, ESPN, for dropping that game. But again, I digress. I'll be back here next Sunday, October 10th, for another edition of Post Loons. Till then, check out the Talking Flock podcast with me and Rob Chapel from Madison 365, talking all things forward Madison. We have a really disappointing 1-0 loss to New England Revolution 2 to talk about. That'll be out Tuesday morning. Uh, also, 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer. Great hour and seven minute long conversation with Minneapolis City co-founder Dan Hudeman this last week on their move to USL League 2. Go check that out. Just look up 10,000 Pitches wherever you get your podcast. If you're interested in the Talking Flock Forward Madison podcast, go ahead and look up Talking Flock wherever you get your podcasts. Um, follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're at 10K Pitches. We appreciate all of the input, all the insight, all of the support. Thank you guys so much uh, for Post Loons. We'll be back next Sunday, but check out some of those other podcasts if you're interested in what else we're doing here at 10K. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye.